You're listening to Radio Primavera Sound, proudly presented by Cupra. Welcome to the Weekly Review, the radio show where two adult males navigate the tempestuous waters of life with the help of the finest sailor looking out at the helm with her special telescope that not only picks up internet trends and sees beyond eye-popping headlines, she's a master interpreter of secret codes created to confuse the adults. Bring them near, we command from the ship's deck. We know nothing. Welcome to the mother of all shows. Apparently, we're here to slay so to speak. Today, we comment Rihanna's Super Bowl halftime show. Yes, it's been a few days and everyone said everything, but we want to say our things. Uh, Caroline Politech's unbelievable deliverance of an album, Bad Gal's conquering of her city. Um, and uh, yes, I, we may we may have time to finally talk about Addison Ray, but I, I kind of doubt it. Yeah. Uh, the, the way we go I want on. my whole... Like I won't do like a sped up version. So if you don't, if we don't have time, I'll leave it for another time because I well, you know, I'm like, not gonna like make it short. Exactly, you deserve. You're gonna. You're gonna. You're you're building up the deservance to a full hour of Addison Ray. It's kind of instead of having to do like the WhatsApp application where you can uh, times two the audio note. You yeah. Know, speed speed up the audio note. I didn't know you could do that until a few days ago. Oh my god. And wow. Yeah, so, so anyway, sorry. Uh, yes, this is the weekly review. <laughs> But before we get into celebrating the power moves from some of the most sublime artists in pop, well, we have breaking news. Yesterday, social, social media shook upon learning that high-end fashion house Louis Vuitton has named Pharrell Williams as creative director for its menswear line, succeeding the position that Virgil Abloh left behind due to his untimely death. Uh, while most of the reactions were confusedly positive, everyone's like happy, but it's like, really? Pharrell uh, leading like the biggest, mm, most classic fashion house? Like, I guess we're happy because we like him, but really? So the purest fashionistas are not having it, arguing that the position should be offered to people who have actually studied fashion and risen through the ranks over the years, like so many of the creative directors that command respect, like Maria Grazia Ciuri, Nicolas Gasquier, Pier Paolo Piccioli, Christopher Bailey, Phoebe Philo. I love saying fashion names. Um, the general... Phoebe is going back to Celine. Phoebe is going back to Celine? Yep. She Was posted it? a story saying she's back. Well, I, I think she's back to Celine or her own thing, but she's back. And didn't she announce her own line, like her yeah, own brand? Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm just making fake news, but she's back as wow. a fashion designer. I'm always... But she will be back. Like, I, I, whenever you'd see that Karl Lagerfeld, who was like one of the greatest creative directors of all times, uh, he was like fronting uh, Chanel, Fendi. Fendi, his own line and something else. It's like, how do they find time? But apparently, I, uh, well, uh, it, it can be done. It can be done. Be and I know how they do it because they have incredibly talented people working underneath them. You know, the creative directors fill their i imagine they fill their weeks with meetings and they oversee and they they guide the ships to leave the ports and then they have these fine fashion designers uh, graphic designers all the you know all these artisans working for them what is it with you on ships today that's the second ship preference have you been on a ship <laughs> i i i don't i there must be a reason you know what it is i think it's because <laughs> as i've said i'm re-watching game of thrones and i'm at that point where there's a lot of the gray joy stories and the boats and stuff i don't know i don't know what it is i can't i can't answer it. i like i like boats 
I, I'm a frustrated we went sailor. We Carol and Polacek Island, so that's why we're referenced a lot. Yeah. Can I say as well, sorry, I've been thinking about this. Johan, I'd really like you to speak at my funeral. Because... Uh, <laughs> That's quite, a dark thought. I don't. Yeah, I don't ever want to see you die. I don't want to be. I don't want to be. I, I, well, I, I'm a year older than you. I'm a year older than you. True, so you okay. know. Um, but I just like the way. Well, he's passed away. But you know, someone else. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you're really good at it. I don't understand why you had this thought now, but I. I agree. No, because yeah. I like the way he was like. He paid his respect to Virgil Abloh. He said who, oh, okay. who, who passed away, and uh, but then and he didn't let it get him down. He, he, was, he was like, yeah, but I'm happy. It's because this is like I think generally the, it's it's interesting this thing of Pharrell being named as a creative director of a fashion brand. Uh, it's it's interesting on many levels because a general there's a general sort of human feeling of like does he deserve does someone deserve to occupy such a powerful and coveted position which usually requires or we like to think it requires years of studying years of apprenticeship years of training years of eating shit to get to the high positions and whenever it happens in any kind of discipline um well it has people talking no because people generally they go to work for a company or they go to start up their own little project and whatever and 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 things take time and what i'd like to remind the purists is that pharrell has been doing this for a long time uh he apart from his incredibly successful career as a music producer uh he has been in fashion since the early 2000s he started his first brand billionaire boys club with nigo who is the creative director of kenzo since 2021 uh but nigo has also japan is, has also been an incredible uh figure in streetwear japanese streetwear for for decades now along with pharrell their careers have risen together nigo nigo was doing it a bit longer but uh, uh pharrell williams has been mm, a successful fashionable entrepreneur for 20 years uh more, more or less for 20 years uh he 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 even co-designed a series of eyewear and jewelry for louis vuitton back in 2008 so this is a person who's been in the production process of creating products that has been desirable that has been successful that has sold he's not just like been appointed because he has x amount of followers and he's like loved by everyone in 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 the entertainment world but i get this right because um i'm not talking about fashion but like you know when like celebrities have podcasts or write mm -hmm. books yeah. i'm just like get off my turf yeah. you know mm -hmm. what i mean and like sometimes they do it really really well and you're like oh god i still want you to get off my turf but you yeah. don't really well damn you you know it's, you, you must get that surely it, luckily well, most celebrity podcasts are shit so they don't have to worry <laughs> about that but there's some some quite good books. some of them are some are sometimes good yeah but i always prefer the journalists over the celebrities uh but of course what per let's get all of my famous friends together and yeah. have a chat about feelings like, i oh. love that <laughs> but that's the thing I, I, don't, don't you love it when you see i don't know when when you see that other celebrities are friends with you know people that you didn't imagine who is it like for instance, I'm really standing on Pedro Pascal being super friends with what's her name? That incredible actress who's in all of the American horror stories, uh, ah, Paulson, Sarah oh, Paulson. Sarah, yeah, they used to date, I think. Oh, they used to. Ah, yeah, before she 
mm, she dated she her dated current, her current yeah. wife. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, and who else was he? And and I see that he's super BFFs with Oscar Isaacs. Like they've got loads of selfies from years ago. Like they've been fr like they were probably coming up together as uh, as uh, acting students and stuff. And I don't know. I'm going off the rails. Sorry, no, for real. That that was like the kind of sensitivity I would like at my funeral. <laughs> that there before she uh, dated her current wife. <laughs> it's lovely, absolutely lovely. I'm a diplomat. I need I need to be working as an ambassador. In fact, I dreamt that I was some kind of in some kind of ambassador kind of position, like being a spokesperson. Ah, oh, yeah. You know what I dreamt last night that I was giving Primavera Sounds, which I do anyway, official like press conference. Like I was doing like an official press conference. And I was wearing goggles and, and like a special suit ready in case people started throwing things at me. <laughs> and that was part of my script. It's like, you know, you see, I have to wear these goggles and stuff because I know that this lineup release is going to make people angry and they're oh, going to wow. throw things at me. That was my dream. And I was, <laughs> I'm going to do that. I'm going to make a video of it. it. It was actually quite visually amazing. Like what I expect for Real Williams' uh, oh, menswear collection is save. going to be. Um, I'm, I'm so happy for him because he's... It, it, this is another thing. Clout is very important in 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 making a fashion brand stand out, right? The fashion Pharrell Williams phone book has to be one of the most VIP phone books ever. And can you imagine any single incredible celebrity, famous person, artist uh, not picking up a phone call from Pharrell Williams to attend the front row of his first fashion show or a photo shoot that he's coming up with can you imagine like anyone from beyonce to bill gates even if he like ah, i'm gonna go for a full nerd 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 style uh, i want bill gates in a photo shoot next to uh, asap rocky and uh, i don't know it'll have like a creative mood or whatever whatever uh there's just that kind of power is you can't even put a, a price to it although i imagine pharrell is getting very well paid <laughs> for his very stressful job of leading one of the most mm, the biggest selling uh, fashion brands the world knows nowadays and uh, another sort of comment that I'd like to make is that uh, you know to the fashion purists is like yes it is very european to rise up in the ranks through a, fa a prestigious family name or mm, some kind of tie to the old wealth that built Europe. But uh, in the case of people like Virgil Abloh or Pharrell or Rihanna, uh, you had to hustle your way to the top and be an entrepreneur and create your own opportunities. And Pharrell is a good uh, symbol of that. So the kind of values that you associate to his kind of success is very aspirational. Everyone can, not everyone, but most people have a chance if they mm, just hone a talent like Pharrell has done and uh, been super awesome. Plus, when have you ever seen Pharrell not look totally amazing? No, no, never, yeah. never. Like, he is 49 years old and he still gets away with dressing like a teenager, <laughs> which is something that is a very strong asset in fashion. Like, fashion sells you the illusion of uh, being forever young, whether it's cosmetics, whether it's clothes, clothes that make you look young and hip and still desirable or whatever. And Pharrell has that in, in spades. Like, the guy just... He, he he can he can wear like these amazing sort of playful outfits and it's not cringy it's not embarrassing it's not like a joke it's not like ah um, i don't know <laughs> it's like you're always like wow oh, pharrell the only time i didn't i think he made a mistake was in the robin thick video for red lines he was wearing those really short the trousers that are blurred white, lines uh, hmm? blurred lines 
Which song did I say? Red Lines. You what, said so, like yeah. something blurred, else. Blurred, blurred Lines, not sorry, Red Lines. Sorry. Who has a song called Red Lines? I'm sure someone's got a song like, called Red Lines. Anyway, he was wearing these trousers. A lot trousers. of mistakes in that video. I don't think that was the only mistake. Okay, <laughs> I'm talking about the fashion choice. Pharrell was wearing these uh, um, these trousers that were way too high above the ankle and uh, and sort of thin kind of um, elegant shoes with no socks. I just have a trouble. With, I have a problem with it. I, I was well onto the, you know, uh, sockless trend, wearing shoes. You know that kind of sartorialist thing that was that men were doing, uh, Tom Brown and stuff. And uh, it's it's aged badly. I don't. It, the thing it, is, it's just a surreal sign of wealth because like I can't wear shoes without socks because like then they smell very bad and I still have to wear them. But if you can just like wear a new pair of shoes every week, you can go away and wear them without socks. But new gentleman shoes like leather shoes with no socks, that's uncomfortable. They're usually they usually you have to break them in. When I when I was a teenager, I went on holiday with some friends of mine and we were going around Europe in an interrailing style. Um, and we, of course, we ran out of like clean socks. So we just went for ages without socks. Um, and we got kind of used to it. And then one day we, I think we, you know, we managed to wash all of our socks. And then when we put our socks back on, it was like, oh my God, this is so comfortable. <laughs> it was unbelievable. We'd just been like, um, <laughs> really uncomfortable for about a week. And then uh, it was like, oh, it was absolutely, I just remember it like, oh, this is, oh, yeah, this is why socks are great. Socks are the greatest invention of, of all time. I mean, uh, <laughs> imagine how it was like, I mean, before I guess the, the kind of footwear was made with skins of animals and stuff. So it was already nice and soft and leathery and padded. But ever since Italians started making these incredible hard leather shoes with, uh, you know, wearing them without socks. I know you have the Manolito socks or those socks that are hidden, you know, that you don't see them pop out of the, the rim of the shoe. But uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I love the look of it. But when it comes to I don't know. I just had a problem with how it looked on Pharrell at that time. And I think also I was a little bit peeved that he went to one of the Oscars uh, wearing shorts, like a tuxedo with shorts. That didn't. That was maybe one of his lower points. And even that, as a low point, wasn't that low. It was like he, he still pulled it off. Anyway, um, but another great asset in fashion is black people make things look cool. I'm just going to say it. And if someone made... Reinforced this idea this week. It was Rihanna at the Super Bowl. Yeah, Rihanna, who already did everything Pharrell is doing. Like she or f first had a skincare line like Pharrell did before he did. She already had like her name under an L L H B whatever. L V M H. Yeah. No H M L V H Hennessy Moy. Yeah. Exactly. She already had that. What? Um, Fenty belongs to LVMA? Yeah, but she, she <laughs> closed it down for. Yeah, it just lasted for like three years. Not the underwear. Like she has the underwear and the makeup and the skincare, but the the high fashion brand, it what it belonged to that. And, and she already did that. So she's always first. No. Yeah. It, Pharrell had his first, uh, his first dealings with LVMA since 2008. I think even before. <laughs> he he's been doing like capsules with L capsules is a thing and being the like creative director or CEO whatever is another I don't yes. want to well alright I don't want to show but off let's, let's, but I first worked for LVMH in 1999 what? which puts me nine years before any of you really I, I, no I taught in English at uh, Louis Vuitton's Paris headquarters what you, the oh hell oh my man. god I've told I, you this I before. feel like you are making things up every episode <laughs> no, like, no, no. I'm just old home. I've done a lot of things no that's a lie I'm no, calling no, no, you a liar that's actually true that's no. actually true who was the head of the head designer was it um, 
American bloke. Uh, was it Tom Ford? Tom Ford? Oh my God, I, I, Ben. I, I met him, yeah. You met Tom Ford? No, no I did. Only briefly. No, he didn't. Yes. He didn't. Oh. oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> like Stewie and family going, oh my God. When he gets all excited. Um, and where were you giving the classes? In one of their offices. So I was giving the classes to the people who actually like made the clothes. Filipinos. You know how, like, <laughs> Sorry. What? <laughs> what did you say? Filipino nails. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was making a very cruel politically. I actually thought you said something even worse, no. which I was quite confused by. Um, no, that he's got like this. This basically, the, there's uh, a small team of people who make like the, the kind of you know when 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 Tom Ford or whoever gets this idea. Oh, Mexicans! Actually, oh, <laughs> Jesus Christ! He's from Texas. That's why it's funny. Sorry. Uh, and he didn't like he didn't speak any French, and they didn't speak great deal of English. So the, my my thing was to give them give them classes. But was it in one of the? I'm just imagining like one of those lovely sort of old French Parisian offices where the wood creaks every oh, time you step in it. The office was gorgeous. The office was absolutely unbelievable. But we went to like the sort of atelier bit, the the workout oh, workshop bit. Oh yes. Well, so you've you've been you've been brushed with hundreds of years of well many years of uh, artisanship, fashion artisanship. Anyway, uh, okay, so Rihanna, uh, halftime show. What well, another thing she made look cool? I would like to uh, argue, not argue, uh, present here is looking pregnant. Because everyone loves seeing a pregnant woman. It's like, oh, you, you know, you, you become super tender when you see a pregnant lady and, uh, and you become super caring. You make sure everything is right around her and you're protective. But has it ever looked cool? Because all my pregnant friends, they're like complaining all the time, backaches. But like it was her whole brand, like looking cool pregnant. Like when she announced her first pregnancy, like Rihanna being pregnant, it was like a whole thing. Like she went... Even Sita Bellan copied her. Yeah, and they and then they met at Target, which was the, my favorite photo ever. Both of them pregnant in like Louis Vuitton looks and the most expensive clothing and looking like super campy at Target. Yeah. Wait, what is Target? Isn't Target like a hundred percent shop? It's like a snack thing. Oh, yeah, I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking Tiger. Sorry, Target. Okay. Like at, at the Target, US, Target. we don't have it. What about what about Demi Moore back in the nineties? She looked pretty cool. Remember she did that? Vanity yeah, she did Fair? that Vanity Fair cover. Yeah, true. So, so, but but Rihanna made it look a little bit gangster because it wasn't just how fabulous she looked in her red outfit, which uh, some people say was a uh, when she put the kind of duvet thing on. It was an mm -hmm. homage to her friend Andre Leontali. Mm -hmm. Who sadly also passed mm -hmm. away, didn't he? Yes, sorry. Yeah. Uh, um, yes, another one. Uh, who, um, <laughs> um, uh, that, oh yeah, what made it look cool was she's doing like one of the most mm, important slots in entertainment, uh, especially in the United States, right? The halftime Super Bowl show, where usually artists use the opportunity to promote a tour or an album or something. She was there. She just promoted the fact that I'm pregnant. So I'm not going to be working for any of you uh, for the rest of the year. Like, do not expect an album from Rihanna until 2030. Uh, do not expect mm, too much mm, Fenty surprises. You know, she has earned the right to step back now into absolute obscurity and silence. But, re but it was just sort of a reminder of like, just so you know, look how hard I've worked to get here. All those songs, I've always said, that the day that Rihanna drops the her greatest hits album, it'll be the best pop record mm -hmm. since Michael Jackson's Thriller. The amount and it, the only yeah 
Ben, you didn't think much of the performance, no? Uh, I I liked it, but I think maybe I was like the one the year before. You know, the one they did in Los Angeles in Compton. I thought yeah. was so absolutely spectacular yeah. that um, I felt this was sort of a bit of a step down. Also, the thing I really liked about the Compton one was it was really like psych specific, yeah. you know. Whereas this, I think, I think the uh, Super Bowl was in it was somewhere weird. Uh, I can't remember, um, but it was somewhere like it's not obviously not where Rihanna's from, no. not Barbados. Um, <laughs> and it just and it felt like a bit of a. Uh, no, I, I did like it. I did like it. I liked the staging. The staging. Obviously, she's got hits and hits and hits. Um, I liked all the dancers, but I just thought in, compared to the previous one, which is maybe a bit of a harsh comparison to make. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I, you know, I, I'm a little underwhelmed, but, maybe. But, I mean, she, you could visibly see the bump. It wasn't like she's one, two months pregnant. Like, there's a bump that's probably like a six-month Pregnancy, seven month, I don't know, but you know, so she but obviously. How fast can you get pregnant? Now, because ah, her baby was born in May. May, 22nd of May. Yeah. So, and usually. Uh, 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 That's uh, the uh, thing that the, caught my attention the most. Because there has to be a quarantine. Like, there has to be 40 days before you attempt to, you know, get Randy with a partner after <laughs> having a baby. Uh, so the math, I know I struggled with the math, but. I'm if not gonna... she's six months pregnant, is May? What? <laughs> I don't know math, but is it possible to okay. be six months pregnant if your baby was born in so May? So it's been 14 months, a bit more than 14 months. Yeah, it's been 14 months. Between my wife and her brother, there is 13 months. Oh my God. Which I think is about... The, yeah, this. just like a year and a month. Like, yeah. Uh, it'll okay. be sort of similar for... So I guess children, it's possible. Hmm. So if she's six months, the baby's going to be born in June or July? Mm-hmm. Well, I love, uh, anyway, I it love, is possible she is pregnant. So I love that po- that Instagram post from Michael Che, the comedian from Saturday Night. He's like, damn, now I know why they call him ASAP. that's good (laughs) very good very blunt very so uh apparently the speaking of the staging because it looked like a mario mario brothers game or like a video game you know all these level all these floating stages uh apparently the organized the organizers were worried about one thing keeping rihanna off the grass Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, no, uh, uh, I, I don't know English enough to understand what grass is popular slang for marijuana. Uh, that's no, okay, okay. But obviously what they really meant is keeping her literally off the playing field grass because the most important thing at an NFL Super Bowl final is that the players mm, have the, the, you know, have the grass as untouched for them as possible so that there are no injuries from holes made from stage uh, stage um, columns, you know, ma- making holes in the in the in the grass that you can't see, and then it can result in um, twisted uh, ankles and this, that, the other. So that's always been a priority for the organizers. So they came up with this incredible stage design of various floating stages, very similar to Kanye's Saint Pablo tour, I might add, the hovering platform. You know, once again, and there, you know, some people point out there were lots of sort of little. Kanye homages, including performing her her part of All of the Lights, which is a song made for a football stadium anyway, with those those horns and stuff. Um, I was what it's a, it's also a testament to how powerful she is that Jay Z was in the audience, like he wasn't far away. He could have like been asked to sing his verses on 
uh, Run This Town, which she performed a bit of, or uh, uh, Umbrella, Umbrella mm -hmm. uh, which she also performed a, a part from. But it's like, no, 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 I don't need any of y'all. I already have a featured artist right inside my belly. You know, I don't, you know, that's a, that's a hell of a power move, you know, being able to... Because, you know, even Dr. Dre, you know, what was great about his performance was it was like everyone who's become a star thanks to him. Snoop Dogg, Eminem, uh, Kendrick, uh, Mary J. Blige. Well, Mary J. Blige is a star in her own. Was it Mary J. Blige? Yeah, I think yeah, it was, it was yeah, Mary yeah. J. Blige. Uh, um, so it's kind of like, it, it, yeah, it was a power move. And um, another power move was that she did have a moment where she powdered her face a little bit with, obviously, her own Fenty cosmetics. It was a nice little, you know, you didn't see the brand or anything, but you obviously know if she's going to use cosmetics on her face, it's going to be her own. I read a review of the halftime show that was like, and that was her way of laughing at people who'd suggested on Twitter that she was going to do it. And it was like, was it? Or was it her just sort of doing it? You know what I mean? I think I, it's I just, both. I think yeah, it's both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, it's all, all I am going to do it. You know. Because they don't get paid the for, you know, the, artists do not get paid for their halftime super, half super Bowl performance. They do get paid the what do you call it production the, costs production costs and travel costs so i'm imagining like if wherever this was i, I imagine the nicest hotel or the nicest villa uh you know it's like well if you ain't gonna go pay me make sure that this place is comfortable for me to drag my pregnant ass over to um i mean and they obviously yeah production costs can be quite hefty i mean for jennifer lopez and shakira's performance in 2020 the nfl spent 13 million dollars on their show but with the weekend, apparently spent eight million of his own money. So yeah, it's like, I remember that. But the weekend was promoting a tour, mm -hmm. which is sold out, and you know he's going to make millions from 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 that tour. So I'm just wondering, it's like how dignified from Rihanna, who's like super gangster. She's like, I'm not even getting paid for this. I'm not promoting an album. I'm not promoting a tour. Yes, my cosmetic line. I'll, I'll have my little, but you know, it's it's it. it I don't know. It's like no, no. She's she honored her agreement. Whenever she, when was she announced to play the Super Bowl? Quite a quite a while ago, mm -hmm. like almost a year ago. And uh, people have been talking about, oh, is she going to release a new album, a new song? It's like no, 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 no new music. My critique was that it did the medley was a little bit. I wish she would have sung a bit more than just the hook from like Umbrella or. Run this town like, or you know, like just a little bit more of each song. Uh, but it was almost like a princess driving around in her limousine when they're waving to their followers. She didn't actually get out of the limousine to shake the hands. She just sort of waved hi from the airport to the hotel, that kind of thing. That was my vibe. And um, but she's a, she's a she's a, she's going to be a mother for the second time, so I allow it. I know how. You know, I know what a pregnant woman has to deal with <laughs> and, and it's a beautiful thing. And it's like work comes second. And I love the fact that she started off with Bitch Better Have My Money. Yeah, like, that's well, what's the best choice. Like it was so, I don't know, I think she had to like, she couldn't do more than the 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 bridge or whatever it's called yeah. like the main part of the song of each song because she had like 13 minutes and she had like a thousand songs. So I agree that she had to do what she did. Maybe I would have chosen different songs um, because I have my own preferences, but I respect Brianna has her own. Um, but Bitch Better Have My Money had to be the first one, and yeah. she did that. Uh, although I don't know, because it was censored, wasn't it? And yeah. I, felt, I felt starting off with a song where you can't actually sing the full hook was a bit was a bit. Do you weird. think they censor it in the stadium? 
because there are yes, children I and stuff. And you yeah, know how NFL yeah. are very, very, very like. But it looked amazing. I, I didn't even notice they censored it, so it I, worked. And it's amazing how little flack she's getting. Remember when there was the whole um, polemic about Colin Kaepernick ben, uh, um, kneeling down for the national anthem? Rihanna famously said that she would never support an NFL event because she stood by Colin Kaepernick's decision. And, uh, you know, she thought that the NFL had shady kind of um, stands with the whole thing about racial divide and stuff. But... Uh, the, the NFL now works with Rock Nation as, uh, you know, Rock Nation is in charge of their entertainment division and stuff or some kind of merger. And obviously she's a Rock Nation artist. So it's like, that's why it's like weird. It's like she's not even getting paid to like, look, it's like, look. All right. But I was thinking about this. OK, if they're covering production costs, what is there to stop Rihanna putting in as an invoice her you know, a uh, rehearsal fee or something like that, which yeah. would be a production cost. I'm sure there must be some, like she's not walking out there, out of there without a bit of extra cash. Apparently the dancers, like everyone gets their in um, fee of, that's the, the minimum fee regulated by the union of yeah. performers and entertainers. You know, they do respect those fees, right? I hope they get a bit more than the minimum fee. They were great. Not the minimum, yeah. They'll, right. they'll, they'll get the fee, the standard fee, and that includes her. But obviously, uh, for Rihanna, it might be loose change. But that that's true. Maybe there's like a rehearsal fee kind of thing. I don't know. I'm sure there's kind of some interesting loophole, but it still isn't like, yes, you're getting... Because I think it's unfair that they don't get paid because the Super Bowl's advertisements, like the halftime advertisements are some of the most expensive television slots in advertising history. Like if a, if a brand wants to have their advertisement shown during that time, they have to pay ridiculous amounts of money because, you know, the viewership is the highest ever on TV, right? Well, the performer, the halftime performer is one of the big draws. Uh, they're, they're helping these brands mm, have people tuned in to watch. So it's weird. I don't know. It's one of those things, but... But it's also like, how are you going to say no? Just because they're not paying, you know, you, you have so much to gain from being, you know, from the prestige of being asked to entertain so many North Americans. Anyway, so we move on to someone who, uh, who, who is also, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'd written something, you know, it's like, yes. Uh, it was a reference to another Super Bowl halftime performance. Um, whichever way, Las Mujeres... Ya no lloran, las mujeres facturan. Oh, that came out so clumsy. It was it was well written, but I can't find it. Anyway, uh, that's a translation of Shakira's latest hit where she sings, women do not cry anymore, the women make money. Facturan, well, uh, send invoices. <laughs> and speaking of Catalan women who cover Rihanna songs in Catalan and also mm -hmm. make uh, okay, their I own... I was trying uh, to see yeah. where you were going and I, I didn't <laughs> I <know>. understand. <laughs> I, I'm tanking. And also make because we own keep money. on interrupting you. I'm sorry. I know. It's I like, feel... Well, I'm going to repeat it. And speaking of Catalan women who cover Rihanna songs in Catalan and also make their own money... Mar, you went to see Badial at Sant Jordi, another incredible sports pavilion here in Catalonia. So, why was Badial performing at Sant Jordi, finally, after mm, pandemic delays and stuff, such a crowning moment? Uh, I mean, it, it's the, the, the title itself, she performed at Sant Jordi. It's like when you finally consolidate yourself as an artist, like 
I did the big stadium at my city. Like it's it's our Super Bowl kind of. But um, yeah, she was amazing. I I feel like I'm sorry. I don't have like a good like journalistic um, way to no. put it. Like you just missed it. Um, she's the queen. She can do no wrong. Um, I could say things that people have been saying, but I cannot because it's against my religion to say anything that it's not only amazing oh, stuff. Oh, come on, be about a bit <laughs> critical. No, because she didn't speak much Catalan, but in her defense, <laughs> um, she was kind of nervous. And when she did speak to the like public, like the, the people there, um, she she kind of like, you could tell she was a bit nervous, like um, like her family was there and, yeah. and she was doing the biggest um, like show in her career yeah. in a sense. Um, and so it's understandable. She was like, oh my God, I'm speaking to a huge crowd. Like it was sold out. Um, and then you could tell in her like voice that she was nervous and she was like, oh my God, uh, speaking is not my thing. I'm so sorry. Uh, and and she only said like hola Barcelona like a few words in in Catalan and then she sw- switched to Spanish and people were not really happy about that and and <laughs> then people aren't happy about anything are they I mean and then she only perf- she performed Yo sigo igual <coughs> which has like a few verses in in Catalan, Catalan and she. She said, oh, I'm going to, like, this song is for my family who's here supporting me, blah, 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 blah. And she only did, only did like, 10 seconds. And, and then she changed it. Like, she did, like, a, another version, I guess. Or, oh. or and she, she sang the Spanish national anthem. Almost. Almost, because people were like, no, please, do not change it. We love this one. Um, but that's what people say, not me. And I'm just saying, yeah, I, I really, 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 really enjoyed it. It feels like when Rosalia did like the Louis Vuitton show that I felt like my cousin was being like recognized yeah. all over the world. I felt like my cousin was finally like in the top of her career and everyone was seeing her. I'm not related to Bad Gal, but I kind of am um, spiritually. And and yeah, I I uh, I must say I since I saw her at Primavera Sound, um to me that was the moment that I was like, oh my god. She she's like an actual like superstar. Like uh, the last show I had seen her, it was in Rasmatas, which was a smaller show, and mm-hmm. and the difference to me was from Rasmatas to Primavera Sound, and then from Primavera Sound to San Jordi, it was kind of like the same because she has reached a level that she's like just a superstar by by her own like yeah. already. But yeah, she's the best. If you're going. If you want to see her, she's playing Madrid this weekend. So yeah. maybe you're lucky you can... Well, it's sold out, so if you don't have a ticket, yeah, yeah, that's the too thing. bad for you. She's selling out. I mean, uh, apparently, I, I've got some some. I don't intel. think you can say that. I, really? I, I don't know. Uh, will I get in trouble? Well, apparently... Okay, I'm going to say that she, she, she intended on having some guest performers come out at some point. People who have collaborated with her on on records. And this did not happen for, for whatever reason. Uh, but... She didn't need them apparently, nope. right? Just like yeah. Rihanna didn't need to pull in Jay Z or or, or or DJ Khaled to come and say DJ Khaled. Bad <laughs> uh, uh, did not need to bring out the guests who were, you know, the production had even made the the signs for their names for their um, for their changing rooms for their dressing rooms, and they yeah they didn't they didn't shut up show up. But another but what I can say is, and I thought it was very nice. It it just shows how humble. Bad Gyal is, 
like you'd think look it's my crowning night i'm going to reserve like one of the best restaurants in Bar in, in barcelona to go with my family with you know to, to have like a dinner even though dinner at how how late do you get out of san jordi like at 12 at night no no restaurant is going to open their kitchen unless you're beyonce but uh you know but but she she instead had our production team prepare a table for her to have dinner in the san jordi mm. club with her family and just from the catering tables like nothing super fancy just like merluza and things like well that's nice you know well cooked merluza is wonderful uh, <laughs> but i thought what a nice thing you know instead of like them going home or you know doing something maybe they did it the next day you know they went to something but it's like no 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 we're in san jordi we're going to have the family dinner in san jordi after you know and obviously later maybe she went to an after party or whatever but you know family first she did that that thing with her brothers and and stuff i thought that was a very that was a very nice thing that i found out from yeah that i'm sharing with you anyway and um see this week it's all about girl bosses but another wonderful girl boss who has just dropped an album is caroline politech <laughs> this is the song that opens desire I I I want to turn into you. What a great title. Uh Welcome to My Island which sounds a lot like an M83 song, I have to say. Uh that kind of yelping and the synth and guitar blasts. It's bombastic, eventful, setting the scene for all these wonderful songs that are coming your way. Uh Mar, what did you think of Caroline Politech's new album? I'm a changed person. <laughs> I'm will never be the same after listening to this album. I love her. I can cry right now on air if you want me to. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Come on. We want to hear the weeping. <laughs> I can like cry like shouting, not crying like oh, tears, okay, okay, <laughs> because right. I am so connected to her that I I like transform into her shouting self. Well, this has got me slightly worried because you described earlier this week you described Bad Girl to me as your wife. Mm -hmm. Karen Polacek is your mother. Yep. Uh, Taylor Swift is your aunt. Yeah, it strikes me you're running out of like. You know, no, you, I will never run out. I think of all these people is are... your sister, more like no. No, you're but not... she's like mother. Like she's mother status. Oh, mother status. Sorry, I, I forget my lesson, uh, my drag <laughs> lesson. Um, ben, what did you think of the album? I loved half of it, yeah. and I didn't love half of it. No, you said it was, you found yes. it a little bit beige. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I thought basically the singles um, were the best thing by an absolute mile on it. Uh -huh. um, and like this song, I think, is really, really good. Welcome mm -hmm. to My Island. Um, and uh, what were the other? Like, like Bunny's a Ride was a great, great yeah. song. Um, and Billions is a fantastic Billion. song. Oh my God, it's yeah. so good. Um, <laughs> but... But I, I, I thought it just hit a bit of a, a, a bit of a lull, to be honest. Like I thought a lot of um, when uh, songs like, uh, for example, that one with like Grimes and Dido, I thought was a bit boring. Um, oh, I liked it. I thought Blood and Butter. I mean, like, okay, Blood and Butter features mm -hmm. bagpipes, right? And that should, I mean, you know, I hate bagpipes, but like that should be like some like big wailing bagpipes, kind of like sounding horrendous, right? But it's not. They're just like, oh, there's some quite tasteful sort of bagpipes. Um, and a lot of it, I gotta say, right. I I, I had to search what bagpipes are. Yeah, I hate them. <laughs> Gaitas. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know what they were. Did you not like this? The presence of bagpipes. This is, but you're Scottish. Yes. You're Scottish, Ben. Yes. Why? This sounds what, what, what? like you would be a person that's happy that 
um, but y'all didn't speak in Catalan in the San Jordi, you know, because your your heritage is like bagpipes, and you should want bagpipes in. When what I is your when, relationship with bagpipes? When I then? was when I was young yes. and living in Scotland, uh, my grandparents uh, lived opposite or near to a place where people practice bagpipes. Oh. So there was many times when I was trying to sleep at night and you'd get like people like trying to play bagpipes like, okay, just like there's oh, a personal geez. trauma there. And it, it's I just can't stand bagpipes. I think they're a very ugly, ugly noise. But no, my point my point Really? You've yeah. never, and what about when they've... Is That's there why a you si- have so many nationalities. You don't want the Scottish <laughs> exactly, one. Yeah. You're like, ah, I want to get rid of that one. <laughs> I mean, bagpipes in pop music. I'm sure Kate Bush has some. Bell and Sebastian did. Uh, Sebastian. Uh, Arab Strap. Can I and, say something that yes. we all live together and you may have forgotten? It's that Daniel... We interviewed Daniel Hall, yeah. our best friend. Yeah. He's, he's just one of... A part of the team of the Weekly Review at this point. Mm-hmm. Um at Primavera Sound this year. Um, and in one part of the interview, and I remember this because I just um, posted on TikTok a few weeks ago, he said that one of his favorite songs, and I'm saying this because Danny, um, Daniel Hart produces, the yeah, record. co-produces the, the record with Caroline. Um, and in the interview, and I feel like this was kind of a hint of what he was into while producing the album, because I guess he was producing the album while um, we were like at the festival. Yeah. He said that one of his favorite songs is A Kiss from a Rose by Seal. And uh, in the like, me, like at some point, it gets very medieval, very like wha- yeah. what it sounds like, what the this flute. Caroline album sounds like. Um, so I feel like, um, yeah. This this it's like we got like an insight of what it what was going to be happening and and it's it has this bagpipes medieval flutes um, <laughs> yeah. sort of feeling and I love it. But see, I wanted like I I, I felt a bit weird about it because I kind of wanted what the 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 influences she brings to this are brilliant. Like when you hear about what she's talking about, you're like, yeah, she's got bagpipes, she's got a children's choir, she mm-hmm. sing like can sing opera. She was talking about the reverb on Italian records. She was talking about like this book called Bergeron Drawing. And like, yeah, I really like that. I really like the fact that she's bringing all these really difficult things. But I don't. I, I found that in sometimes even these kind of influences were kind of reduced to a, a, a slight blandness. Don't get me wrong. I really like this album. I think half of it is absolutely brilliant. But I think like half of it. Half it isn't. And also, like, Ma, when were you born? If that's not a rude 97. question. 97. So you weren't into trip-hop in the... in Because that, that was the height of trip-hop, yeah, 97, You're a trip-hop really. baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what did they you, call me. Did your parents <laughs> listen to trip-hop? <laughs> I don't know. You have so many titles for everything. I What the... F- well, brief history. Trip-hop was something super edgy and cool when Tricky and Portishead and Massive Attack were the big mm, names okay. uh, associated with it. But then when producers f- uh, realized how easy it was to t- stick a slowed-down hip-hop beat over any genre, there was even like trip hop flamenco, flamenco chill, <laughs> uh, anything you could just add. And it became like an, a massive selling, like so many CDs were sold as backing music for hotel lobbies, for <laughs> for department stores. It was the new lounge music and everyone was making a trip hop record. You had p- bands like Zero Seven, um, Mortiva and stuff. And it was very bland and Another reference of someone who was very also very in demand as a producer was William Orbit. Yes, I hear yeah. a lot of William Orbit well, on this I album. I think she's mentioned that some of the songs, uh, I believe, uh, was her... Is it, I believe, no, Blood and Butter, that we were just talking about, is, is her yeah. take on uh, Ray of Light. Yes. Ray of Light, which William Orbit produced. 
Because the, the trip-hoppier songs on Ray of, of Madonna's Ray of Light, uh, which William Orbit was the mastermind behind this, was he'd add all these sort of um, little um, little electronic flourishes, shall we say, like... And, and here and there. And it was all kind of cute and fairy-like and stuff. And I can see, like, Caroline Politic has committed to this entire... It's what... It's kitsch. It's kind of... She's making something that became uncool... Very cool. And she's in a pact with Daniel Harl and uh, mm. and I think A.G. Cook, even though he's not present on this album's production credits, they've been committed to this kind of, all these naff sounds from the 90s and early 2000s. They're always finding interesting ways of bringing it back, just like they did with the Machina and Bacalao, which was kind of, the critics kind of like, oh, they don't really uh, th- thought it was cool at the time. Now it's they, they're revaluating it. And she and what you're saying, Ben, I think it's admirable the fact that it's like, yes, we're gonna add bagpipes, but in a hushed way. Like it's almost like they really want to be the perfect record to play in a car in 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 in, in or, on the or mainstream radio to be listened to in a car in the mid nineties or or late nineties. They they've committed themselves really, really purely to it. The fact that she brings in Dido. <laughs> who is like she sold so many records and i was only thinking of dido the other day just randomly i was thinking of her like what happened to dido she sold so many records like that first record and then the the follow-up that it was just in the charts for a, it felt like a year like she just did not let go of the top selling spot and and dido is an example just like enya and kate bush of a female artist who's like you know what I'm I'm not going to do this anymore because I don't have to because just with that Eminem sample of that song of hers uh, na, 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 the money Rusty. just rolls in yeah Stan Stan is the ultimate insult well insult yeah uh, insult anthem that song is just selling sending in royalty checks her own music is sending in royalty checks uh, and she's like you know what I'm I'm just going to retire and and move into a lovely country house, bake cookies, just like Kate Bush has been doing for all these years, uh, just like Enya does from her castle. These women don't tour because so many female artists have spoken so many times about how shit it is to be a woman and working in pop because of like touring is is stressful. It's it's exhausting, uh, and when you're in the industry, kind of things you're, you're getting preyed on and. And dealing with all these assholes and stuff, it's like, you know what? I'd rather just stay at home and, and not deal with any of it. They can afford to do it. So it's a triumphant story. So I'm loving the fact that Caroline is like, Dido, will you just come out of your retirement just for this? She's barely even present. You can only hear her singing at the end of the song very hushedly because Dido's thing was all about hushed vocals. She, so, she sang very softly. And then having a spiritual sister like Grimes, I thought it's... It's it's lovely. It's like a shipeo. Like I love the fact that Caroline Politech and Grimes recorded this together or sent each other the files. They make perfect sense. Hey, big news! Big news! The bagpipe player on Cola, Caroline Politech's record has just announced a new album. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to ride the coattails. It's, it's like, called the Fungo Bitrom. I am disposed <laughs> of mirth. Yeah, didn't I? I didn't. What's the name of the bagpipe player? I'm going to pronounce this very badly. Bagpipist? <gasps> you cannot pronounce Scottish name. Is it a Scottish name? Like a hardcore Scottish name? Yeah, it's Breed Chambale, I think. You'd pronounce it. Okay. How so, is it written? B-R-I-accent-G-H-D-E-C-H-A-M-B-E-U-L. 
Is that is that a Gaelic name? Is that a Scottish name or is it is it is it French? What? What do you mean? That's 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 not French. I know, no, but it looks. Well, Ch- Chambéry sounds a bit French. Chambéry. But Scotland, Scotland and France were like big, big friends for a very long time. Yeah. France and Scotland, yeah, yeah against yeah. the English. So, well, exactly, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, that's a very, that's a very Scottish name, right? Okay, so I had a bit of, I, I had a bit of a, um, a uh, personal crisis. Oh, she's from Sky. She's from Sky. Love Caroline Politek is from Sky. No. <laughs> oh, who's from Sky? <laughs> the bagpipe player. Oh, it's a she. Oh. Yes. Um. Oh, good for her. Oh, bra- did you bra- know? Bra- I have fun facts. Um, a very sad one, so yes. I can actually oh. cry. Um, I'm not. I cannot find it now. Oh yeah, um, did you know that "Believe"? I believe. Sorry, one of a very beautiful song in the album. Well, I like them all, so I don't know what I'm pretending. Is about <laughs> immortality, and is dedicated to Sophie. Oh. oh. Yes, I'm gonna cry. Oh, you know that reminds me. One thing I really, really liked on on the album um, was uh, the the opening song. Is kind of dedicated to her. Welcome to my under. dedicated to her father. Yeah, who, who passed away from. But who yeah. also didn't approve of her music. Oh. Uh, apparently. No, apparently he, he's like a sort of some professor of something like Chinese studies. He's always like, what? yeah, you should do something a lot more. Um, you, you know, you should do something a lot more experimental. What the hell's with this pop music? Um, oh, uh, so but, he did like her like singing, but he no, didn't he, want her. Because she studied uh, like opera classic and, yeah, opera, yeah, yeah, so yeah. obviously, you know, that, that. And maybe he didn't want her to sing pop opera music. or something. No, he probably yeah. wanted her to sing like opera and like complicated okay. music rather than making pop records. No, he might have been on that. Oh. And if you listen to the bridge on, on that song, basically she's directly addressing uh, her father, um, which is really good. Because basically she said, uh, this is all in the sort of the Apple Music notes to it. She said, you know, he told me that he didn't really like my music, but he wasn't very good at living his own life either. Oh my God. Um, and oh. roasted that like he roasted her father like she, her, her she dis- like but he passed <laughs> like what yeah but wow that's intimate I, I thought the the what are we talking about welcome to my island yes yeah. um I thought it was um I read in the picture pitchfork um review mm-hmm. that I uh, really liked um that she was living in Sicily or yeah, something the... while recording the album, and Welcome to My Island is kind of like, like the Odyssey when um, when Homer not Homer, yeah no um yeah was like being driven to like the Calypso Island and stuff. So she's like kind of like the goddess, like yeah, Welcome to My Island. Yeah, I'm uh, gonna like serenade to you. Uh, okay, but I, so thing. I don't know where the father stands in there. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that's wrong, but what I'm saying is... Yeah, both can... Well, no, it just seems like that's a bit of a stretch from welcome to my island, seeing the palm trails, palm trees wave in the wind, welcome to the island, hope like me you ain't living. You, you, see, you see what I mean? Like, I mean, it could well be about that, but um, I think it... You, I think that's maybe interpretation, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but the, so this is, this is my point. This is my point, right? If I'm being slightly harsh on some of the songs, it's because she can write... A song as good as "Welcome to My Island" and as clever and as yeah. funny and as sort of epic, and I, I I just didn't get that from from all of all of the song. But uh, well, uh, another thing to note is that uh, the song "Sunset," which and uh, it's a grower, it's growing on me. It's the song that I remember the most because it is very memorable in in the sense of it sticks to you, know that even though it's very cheesy, the kind of little guitar Spanish. I'm glad guitar you said cheesy. It's cheesy, but they're, they're, that's what I'm saying. She's she's going for full cheese, like ultra cheese. 
And uh, the fact that it's Sega Bodega who produces it, you know, he's like an edgy uh, electronic, experimental electronic, hyper pop producer. And how like, no, no, they had, they must have had the biggest fun making a song as cheesy as that because there's no kind of experimentalism on it. It's just like a pure, straightforward song that you would submit to someone like Dido 10 I years ago. Do you, th- I think you might be looking too much. I don't think they, they really think it's, it's cheesy because they came to Barcelona. Basically, she was staying in the UK. Her, vi- her visa yeah. expired and she came to Barcelona oh. uh, with Sega Bodega to make that song. Oh, so and Barcelona was, a, what do you call it? When, you, when you're when you like an embassy protecting some, like, like Julia. We gave Assange. her refuge. We gave her refuge. Eh, Adagolao, thank you. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I wish you in the worst. Well, I'm not going to turn into a politician now. Go on. <laughs> Never Go mind. On. Go on. <laughs> I was going to say, I wish Caroline Polacek um, like endorsed Ada Colau like publicly or did a campaign with she her. She would. Like Albi, um, who also presents another show here in <laughs> RPS um, called um, Queer Up Your Life, he did a, the funniest tweet. Um, he said, like making fun of, of Welcome to My Island, he said, um, Caroline Polacek, when she was in Barcelona, welcome to my super island because... Uh, Superillas <laughs> super, yeah. <laughs> are like um, places here, in, especially in the neighborhood that we're in, where um, Ada Colau put like painted the 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 floor, the floor, so the cars cannot go by, yeah. and it's called Super Islands. So oh. when Caroline <laughs> came here, like she made and he photoshopped a picture, didn't he, of Caroline? <laughs> yeah. Can, can, can I say, like, this sort of made me had a little crisis of, of confidence, this album, a little crisis in my own heart, because I, like, I kind of don't want to be the person who's like, oh, yeah, but all these sort of 90s references are in there, because, yeah. you know, it's a bit like, well, who cares, but I can't unhear them. So I don't, I don't really know what. So, Mark, what, 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 what do you think, Mark? Am I going, am I going too far? Is it, is it just like kind of irrelevant that it sounds a bit like, you know, some trip hop bands for the 90s, or... Uh, am I all right mentioning it? I'm off your approval, Mark. Please give me... Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I... Whatever. I just love this album so much. Um, she, I'm so sorry. She can do no wrong. Um, all the 90s references, I love them. I, I'm not against, like, people making references. Like, I love that she has all this knowledge and she can, like... To, to you, like, it makes you think of other artists, and to me it's kind of new because I don't know so much about, like, music history or stuff. So it's like a win-win for everyone because I feel like I'm listening to someone, something new and to people who know their references, it's like, oh, I forgot about Ditto or mm. I forgot about this, and I, I do really enjoy it, so I think it's Look, very clever. We let the strokes get away with... Um, pillaging uh, the, the entire sound of New York in the 70s uh, and television and punk and, and, and that kind of scuzzy guitar. I think we can allow Caroline to, you know, borrow from late 70s, late late 90s trip hop because it does... It's late like, 90s trip hop was shit, though. That's the, that's the big difference. But I didn't dislike it. I, I bought... It was a time when I managed to buy quite a few CDs and a lot of my collection was a lot of these How many studio... more Chiva CDs have you? Uh, only the one, the first one. I And I, I stand by that record. It had When I saw them perform it live, it was like, damn it, there's so many, well, at least four really good songs that were used in advertising. That's the thing. It, uh, so many of the trip hop songs got co-opted by commercials uh, and they made so much money. 
And it's like anyone who knew music production, it was like, right, I'm just going to get in a singer uh, who has like a distinctive voice and make these atmospheric little beats. And all these albums were filled with like just random singers and stuff, kind of copying what Massive Attack were doing. It was, it's a very, it's an interesting time from a music production angle. And I, and Daniel Harl, who's the biggest music production nerd we know and we love, I think it, it's, he's having, he's had a lot of fun with this. Mm, and I also like the fact that Caroline has made an album that isn't made for TikTok. It isn't, it, it there's no sort of like instant, so, like a song trying to build on a moment of what's happening now. I, I don't think it's a song aimed at young people, particularly even though Gen Z or whatever is probably going to want to have their moment with trip hop because they didn't, you know, you weren't, you, you were mm -hmm. born when it was happening. So now it's like, oh, this, this music might seem new and fresh to your generation. But we don't even know the reference. So to, yeah. uh, to us, like you, the reference is Caroline. So we get really deep yeah. into like her album, like, wow, this sounds amazing. Like without knowing it's referencing another, other things. And, and her, that's the cool thing. And she's playing to her talents in the sense that she's a classically trained opera singer. So she just, she it's like, look, I des I should be hanging out with Enya and and the Kate Bushes and and all these sort of classical singers who who sell millions of records, but we never speak of them because they're not in the pop charts. You know, they're in the classical music charts. We never is, speak about Kate Bush. I think that's something. Yeah, we do, but no, mm -hmm. I mean the you know these sopranos who sell loads of records, like contemporary sopranos. I wouldn't know. Uh, sometimes you know, there's there's a classic movie, uh, classic music video. Like there's a classic music MTV. It's not MTV, but it's like there's, there's, a, there's a music channel of video clips of classical yeah, um, classical yeah. music. And they're really, and it's a whole mood because, you know, they dress super flamboyantly in classical kind of ways, you know, like as if you're going to perform at the Scala in, in, in Italy. And, and, and it's usually very European. It's always very, uh, there's lots of uh, uh, nebulous uh, filters and uh, video clips of them in, in, on, on the edges of cliffs being very dramatic. And, it's, and there's so much to take from there, to borrow from there visually. And I think Caroline is going to go even further, could go further because it's like untread territory in, if you're a pop artist. Like now everyone's trying to be like Megan Thee Stallion or Rosalia and like motorbikes and, you know, like very, mm, very pop. And she's like, no, 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 no. Let's bring the floral dresses and the, the vapory kind of silk and, mm, you know, elfin kind of qualities to this but formula. she's always been like that, and I love yeah. her for that. Yeah. Like, oh my God. It's her brand. So we've screwed up because we don't have time to talk about Addison. Oh, we have Next no, week, no. you have a it minute. Was, it was planned. <laughs> it was planned. Like, I won the whole hour. In okay. Week. It's yeah. a red wedding kind of uh, moment. You know, it's like... <laughs> You're going to sit have... down and you're going <laughs> to listen to me rant about things that I only care about. We're going to we're going to even market next it. Week. The Mar hour, the the, <laughs> the hour of Mar yes. is upon you. But very quickly what what uh, breakfast is uh, Carolyn Polachek's album? <gasps> I, I it's for me it's a ho it's a good hotel buffet. No, you know, it's like you wake up, you're suddenly a fairy and you wake up in the nook of a of a tree. <laughs> In a forest, and it's very cloudy, and you eat the the first berries. The no, what's the the water in the flowers in the morning? Oh, dew, dew, the, the yeah. dew, and you eat the, the yes. And it's lightly infused with the smell of jasmine and yes, stuff. And, yes, mm, that that and yeah, you're a you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> <laughs>